Jesus came down from heaven some 2,000 years ago to save us from our sins. And today on Grow in Grace, we'll see that Christ refers to himself as the true bread. Those who eat this bread will live forever. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. You take me in, Christ in you, the hope of glory, Paul said. If you take Jesus Christ in you, now, Pastor, you're getting weird. No, no, this is the invasion of the Jesus in your life and in mine. Jesus wants to live in you, in your heart. He wants to take up residence permanently. Zion, now filled with hands, and in this place, gotta dwell with man. Sick be healed, and the crippled stand singing, hallelujah. My kingdom built with the blood of my son, selfless sacrifice for everyone. Faith, hope, love, and harmony. I say, let this world know me by your when we're hungry, we know what to do. We either open the fridge and cook something up or go out and eat and satisfy our hunger that way. But what do we do with our spiritual hunger? Well, as we'll see today on Grow in Grace, not everyone goes about trying to satisfy it the right way. In fact, most don't. Pastor Ed Ray is in John, and today he attracts our attention to Christ, the source of everlasting life. We're in chapter 6, verse 41. Verse 41. The Jews complained to him. And when he said, I'm from heaven, talked about that. He said, no, I'm the son of Joseph. No, he's not. Jesus said, verse 43, don't murmur among yourselves. It's written, you shall be taught by God. Truth from Scripture. Now, this is being taught the word of God. And the, the Greek word is logos where we get the word logic. It, it makes sense. It's logical. God says, come now, let us reason together, you and I. Though your sins are scarlet, I'll make them as white as snow. This is logical stuff. But he's about to talk about a different Greek word that's called the rhema. And it means the active, perfect word for you, uniquely directed at your heart, and only the Holy Spirit can do that. Something I, I don't know. I'm just using illustrations. It will hit you and change you. That's what he's talking about. Taught by God with the rhema. If anyone has seen the Father, no one has seen the Father except the, he who is from God. He has seen him. Nobody's seen God the Father face to face because if you would, you would be dead. Someday you will. Seeing him... Paul wrote to the Corinthians, you will be like him. Not, not powerful, not as smart, but you will understand as you are understood. That's God's promise. That day is coming. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. Over and over again, he's talking about eternity. He's talking about everlasting life. Yes, there's good things that happen to your life here in this place. You can choose joy. Choose it. But you must choose him for it all to make sense in the long run. That's where he's going. Now, the second bread of life statement, verse 48. Again, he says, I am ego imi. I am 
the bread of life. I am the nourishment that your soul needs. I am your soul food. I am sustaining. I am satisfying nutrition. The provision of God for humanity, eternal life-giving food, him. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, verse 49, and are dead. <laughs> didn't work. Well, it kept them alive at the time, but it didn't handle it for eternity. You remember the story? They're complaining. They're out in the middle of the Sinai Peninsula. Think 29 palms. It's 120 in the shade. And they don't have any fresh food. They, they, they complain. We need manna. And actually, they said, we need bread. And the next morning, this white frost was all over the place. And they walked out and they looked at it and they said, manna. Because in the Hebrew language, manna means what is it? Or to be more modern, what up? You see, my son and my grandson says that to me. Now, I don't know what's wrong with him. He grew up in California. He speaks English as his native tongue. But he leaves out important words. What up? Is that a sentence? He thinks so. But that's a good illustration of what the word manna means. They came out and said, what up? What do I do with this? Well, you bake it. Six days of the week, it'll show up, and you can turn it into bread. But it won't solve your eternity problem. It'll keep you from getting, from starving out here in the wilderness. That's what Jesus is pointing to. It actually is just a few weeks before the Feast of Tabernacles. And that celebration is about them in the wilderness. So he's dealing with them and they're thinking along this line. And he says in verse 50, this is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. You take me in. Christ in you, the hope of glory, Paul said. If you take Jesus Christ in you, now pastor, you're getting weird. No, no, this is the invasion of the Jesus in your life and in mine. Jesus wants to live in you, in your heart. He wants to take up residence permanently. And Jesus is going to say it in a very interesting way in just a couple of sentences. So verse 51, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. I've always been there. If anyone eats, takes me in, not physically, but spiritually, surrenders their life to me, the bread of life that I shall give is my flesh, my body. I'm going to die on a tree. I'm going to be nailed to a, a stump, a cross, and my hands, just horrible death. Excruciating, we still say, death. I'll give my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. He died for you. He died for me. Now, the, the picture here, here is of grain. You know, think about a grain, wheat or oats or, or barley. It's planted, and after some time, it grows up, it matures. And it's cut to the ground and then placed in a fire, and it's baked. And that's what's happening to Jesus. The seed was planted in Mary, and he was born God incarnate in the flesh, incarnate. Come on, you Spanish speakers, you get it, right? Carne asada. 
See, that's, you can do this in Southern California. You say that in New York, they go, what? He is incarnate. God came in the flesh. That's what this is saying. Like the wheat went to the fire, the fire, uh, of course, being Father's judgment for sin, and we have the privilege of absorbing his life-giving qualities into us. This is leading up to something that you can't see in the English language, but it's here in the Greek language. We're in the middle of a message from Pastor Ed Ray, taken from our series in John's Gospel. This is Grow in Grace. Let's get back to John 6 now. Verse 52, the Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Really? We can't eat? Are we talking cannibalism here? Because they're still stuck in the material world. Just like Nicodemus. Remember Nicodemus came to Jesus and he said, what must I do? And Jesus said, you must be born again. He said, my mom's not going to like that. Because he's only thinking physically. No, you must be born of water and of the Spirit. The woman at the well, she's locked into physical things. And she, Jesus is sitting beside the well, and she, and she said, you don't have any way to get water. He said, if you knew who you were talking to, you'd ask him for water, because he will give you living water, and you will never thirst again. And she said, great idea. I don't want to have to keep walking up here in the heat of the day. Give me the free water totally locked into the material world. Don't go there. He's talking about something spiritually. No. Jesus says, the most assuredly I say to you, and he throws this hand grenade in the room, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, he's getting real plain now, and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Really, drink his blood. But there's something we can't see in the English language. He's been using the word for eating here as phago, P-H-A-G-O. That means to sit down and eat a meal. All of a sudden, he changes to this tro, T-R-O-G-O, trogo. Now, forgive me, I'm going to go blasting off into biology or biochemistry just a minute. So, trogocytosis is a modern biological. This is for my professor friend who's saying, okay, Trogocytosis is the process that the COVID vaccine uses. What? And it's such a touchy subject six months ago, I wouldn't even be able to teach on this, but I want you to see something important here. So the guy at Austin State University that discovered the first antigen reaction that allowed a vaccine to be made against the COVID coronavirus was, he's a brilliant guy. So he has a million-dollar scanning electron microscope and a million-dollar Cray computer, the fastest computer in the world. And he hooks them up. Nobody else had ever done it before. So he could take some pictures on a very elegant piece of equipment, this scanning electron microscope, of a virus, COVID-19 virus, explode. What? Okay, he takes, he, he discovers the virus that causes COVID, and it's a coronavirus. There's eight different coronaviruses in the world that are pathogenic to man. Sorry, I'm going to go there, but just follow with me because it fits what we're talking about so eloquently if you're a biologist. If you're not, I apologize. So, togo, cytosis, he took this virus, 
and he put it in a hypertonic saline solution that had too much salt, then a hypotonic, not enough, and he exploded the virus on a wet slide and then took pictures of it with a scanning electron microscope and turned it all and he found the one little strand of DNA that creates these points that stick out, the part of the coronavirus. He identifies the sequence of that DNA from these photographs, turns it around three-dimensionally, and then he injects it into human white blood cells, T cells, you have them, I have them, and they build an antibody to that little spike. And that's called togocytosis in the human body. You are sitting here togoing right now. Now, what does that have to do with taking Jesus in? The T cell that takes this material in builds an antibody that's exactly the right shape to grab a hold of the virus. Well, your body is able to do that three-dimensionally. It's called its tertiary structure. Bear with me. The shape of it has to be so perfect that it fits right up against it and it squeezes the virus to death. Your body is doing that, but when it took that DNA in, it expressed it out to build this antibody. That's the key word. You take Jesus in, I take Jesus in, and we express him out by the power of the Holy Spirit. You start looking like Jesus. You start acting like Jesus. You are more forgiving. You have mercy. You are humble. You humble yourself. You are expressing togocytosis, Jesus Christ, in you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you. You're walking around as a temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah? Okay. I know. I'm sorry it was such a long trip, but... But how did Jesus know that? 2,000 years ago, he uses a term we're still using today with a very eloquent amount of scientists that don't, you know, that even understand that. How did he know that? <laughs> right answer. He's God. He built the whole thing. Can he change the laws of physics for a moment? Yeah, walk on water. Why not? God came to earth. The point. And he wants to live in you so that you will express his life to other people and they'll say, what do you have? I, I want what you have. Is that like awesome? This is God using you to change the world. You want a reason for your life? You have a significant life when you surrender it to God and he allows you to represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to other people around you. It's like the highest thing you could possibly imagine. And he trusts you and me with that. What was he thinking? <laughs> He's thinking he loves us. All that to say, he who eats my flesh, now you know togocytosis, and drinks my blood, takes it in, and then expresses it out to others, has eternal life. I will raise him up on the last day. Boom. The last day when the trumpet blows, you will stand up. For my flesh is food indeed, not physically. My blood is drink indeed, not physically, but spiritually eternal. 
He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. I take up residence inside you, Christ in you. As the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me trogocytosis will live because of me and you'll be expressing me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not just as your fathers ate the manna and are dead, he who eats this bread will live forever. The manna kept them alive while they were eating and breathing, but it didn't do anything for eternity. These things he said in the synagogue that he taught at Capernaum, that little spot. Many of his disciples, not apostles, his learners, when they heard this said, this is a hard saying, who can understand it? Because they're still thinking physical, material world. Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, and he said to them, does this offend you? Does this stumble you? Does this disrupt your way of thinking? What then if, I should, if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? Some of you here are going to stand on the Mount of Olives, and you're going to watch me go up into heaven, into the clouds. In Acts chapter 2. Astounding. Will that blow your mind? It's supposed to. This, it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words, the rhema that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. God is speaking to some of you insights into your own life that I don't even know. I'm just you know, trying to explain it in the way I understand it, way too deep into biochemistry. But for somebody here, maybe that's what you need. Maybe you're a working scientist and an atheist. I was there, I understand. But you open yourself up to this life and God will change you from the inside. 64, some of you here do not believe. I think that's probably true this morning. There's some here in this room, some out on the internet, some on radio, we're all over the place because God's trying to reach the whole world. Some of you do not believe right now. You're listening with a critical mind. You're, you're listening with a, nah, prove it to me. You're listening with that, I'm smarter than you are anyway, buddy. What are you doing up there? You know, you don't even have a robe, no collar. What do you have to say to me? Just an idiot that God said, okay, let's use this idiot. Another idiot. <laughs> Some of you don't believe. He said, therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted by my Father. My Father wants everybody to come. Do you doubt that? Listen to 1 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all. Now, that Greek word for all is very clever. It means all. <laughs> that all should come to repentance. The gift is available for everybody, but you have to humble yourself. You have to repent. God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Take my life. First Timothy 2.4. Who wants all humans to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. All again. Romans 10.13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You say the name of Jesus and surrender your life, you will spend eternity with him. That's what he's saying. Well, don't I have to go to church? Don't I have to tithe? Don't I have to read the Bible? Don't I have to pray? None of those things will get you into heaven. Only surrender. That's hard. Behold, I stand at the door. Revelation 3.20 and knock. Jesus speaking. Behold, I stand at the door of your heart. 
If anyone hears my voice and opens up the door, allows me into their heart, I will come into them and they will trogocytosis express my life to others. 66. So from that time, many of his disciples, not apostles, his disciples went back and walked with him two more. This is too hard to stuff. It's too hard to take in. So Jesus turns to the 12 and says, do you also want to go away? Is it too hard for you? Did I offend you? That's what he's asking you this morning. All this eating flesh and drinking blood is well, if you just lock into the materials, you won't get it. Simon Peter understood. Burly old fisherman said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Who else? You have the words of eternal life. And I've said that to the Lord many times in my life. Just struggling along, going, oh, man, this is hard, Lord. And he said, are you, are you going to leave me now? He said, Lord, where else do you go? Is there any palm reader? Is there any fortune teller? Is there anyone who is smarter than you who can direct my life? No. He alone has the words of eternity. That's it. It's that simple. Verse 69. Also, we have come to believe. We believe you, Lord. You're going to die for us. And know that you are the Christ, the King, the Messiah, the Mashiach, the Son of the living God. You are God the Son standing in front of us. That's an astounding truth. Jesus said, did I not choose you, the twelve? But one of you is a devil. He's talking about Judas, verse 71 says, who would betray him. Now, go back and grab a hold of verse 35. We didn't spend a lot of time. I'm not going to right now. I'm going to get you to get some bread real quick. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. There's a, an old church elder that wrote, but he was there as a pastor. He wrote this on this chapter. Jesus began life on earth as a hungry babe, yet he is the bread of life. Jesus ended his life on earth thirsty, yet he is the living water. Jesus was weary, yet he is our rest. Jesus paid taxes, but he is the king. Jesus was accused of having a demon, yet he was able to cast out demons. Jesus wept, yet he wipes away our tears. Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver, yet he redeemed the world. Jesus was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, yet he is the good shepherd. Jesus died, yet by his death he destroyed the power of death. That's God. Thanks for listening to Grow in Grace as we continue our journey through the New Testament. Today's message from Pastor Ed Ray is a part of our study in John's Gospel, and you can hear it again at thepackinghouse.org. You'll find all of our recently aired programs right there at thepackinghouse.org, as well as an archive of Pastor Ed's messages. We're also on YouTube, and that's a great way to live stream our services or watch recently delivered messages. Search for Packing House Christian Fellowship, and if you prefer to have a CD copy of today's message, just call toll-free 844-77-GRACE. 
Again, we're here to serve you at 844-77-GRACE. As we continue to get the word out on stations like this all across the nation, we're looking to our listeners for help. Even a small donation can have a large impact by God's grace. And whatever comes in goes straight to the ministry. When you support Grow in Grace with a gift of any amount today, be sure to request our featured resource. It's a book called Why Revival Tarries by Leonard Ravenhill. This is a no-compromise call to biblical revival and spiritual excellence that we all need to hear. You'll see the great disparity between today's church and the Church of Acts. Again, we're making it available for a gift of any amount. Just give us a call at 844-77-GRACE. That's 844-77-GRACE. Would you like to put a smile on our face? Just shoot us an email and let us know you're listening. It's so helpful to hear if a particular series is benefiting your walk with the Lord. It's encouraging, too. Our email address is packinghouseradio at aol.com. That's packinghouseradio at aol.com. We have another study to look forward to in the Gospel of John next time on Grow in Grace with Pastor Ed Ray. We'll see you then. This program is listener-supported and brought to you by the Packing House Christian Fellowship in Redlands, California. Zion, now filled with hands And in this place gotta dwell with man Sick be healed and the crippled stand Singing hallelujah My kingdom built with the blood of my son Selfless sacrifice for everyone Faith, hope, love and harmony I said let this world know me by your